Howdy, welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. He's Bobby Hoyt. I'm Mike Yonda. We're here to talk about stuff. And in particular, man, I'm so bad at these intros, but in particular today, we need like a scripted intro. That way I'm just not like, we're here to talk about things and stuff. I feel like it's just like the Kool-Aid man. You just like kick the, kick the wall down. Like, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I want the energy to break through any walls today. I am hella tired. Hence the yeah. giant. He has a beer mug full coffee. of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen something like that before. Oh, it, it was on the it was on the counter. So it was an easy reach. I was tired and I was like, I can put a lot of coffee in there. So it seemed like a good idea. And it's like so, one of those German beer mugs. It's one of those ones. It's from it's from Prague. It's from yeah. trip. It's a giant, giant, like barrel looking thing mm-hmm. of coffee. It's like three well times the size of my fist. Yeah, I wish okay. I wish y'all could see it in podcast land. So, anyway, I'm awake. We're here. We're gonna do this. Let's rock it out. Have some energy. I just clapped really loud in your ear. You're welcome. And today we're gonna be talking about three things that we've learned since hiring an SEO expert, consultant, guru, wizard man. Like he literally is a guru. Like usually you don't use that term, but I would, he's yeah. so damn smart that I'd probably put him in guru territory. Yeah. It's like SEO Yoda. It's awesome. Yep. And so we are going to distill down all of the information that he shared with us that we don't understand into regular people terms. That way you can understand it and we can understand it. And, and I say that because I think one of the funniest things about this is like when we were like, all right, we really want to focus on SEO. We really want to grow the site let's bring somebody in that can guide us and can say like, here's all the things you need to do. And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of like, you need to overhaul these things on the site. You need to change this in your content. Like you need to, like, there's been so much that there was stuff we were doing right, but there was so much we weren't. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but this is why you bring in experts. But I think the funniest thing has been, we talk to him, he says something, we get this message. And then Bobby and I like met, text each other and they're like, did you understand that? <laughs> Usually the answer is no. <laughs> no. Just said. no. And so that's been kind of like, it's been really a, a fun thing, but you know, we're starting to see it. We're seeing the big picture where we're changing our strategies, developing. It's going to take a while for us to see the fruits of this, but it's okay. Luckily we're good at other things like paid traffic and have that role. And so let's dive into it. The three things that we've learned from hiring an SEO expert. Bobby, kick us off with number one. Ooh, um, user intent and user experience are massively important with your website. Well, that was gonna be two things. So oh. there's one, there's two. Yeah. Third so one we can do- is gonna be, we'll just give them the summary. Third oh, okay. one would be tech stuff. 
There's lots yeah. of tech stuff. So let's talk about user intent first. Yeah. Basically it's just, you know, and I've actually seen this flying around a lot more in, in the, the blogging world. People are kind of like really figuring this out because Google is getting smarter and smarter and smarter. So they know generally uh, what people, what the intent behind a search is. Um, you know, like let's say somebody searches for something like, I don't know, I'm just going to try to come up with like a random keyword, like make money online or something like that. Um, they know that people are generally looking for things to do right now to make money online. Right. Right. Um, not necessarily like how the process of making money online works. That's kind of an obvious example, but, but that's, that's an important distinction because then it, when you create the content, you're, you're creating your content to serve the need of the person based right. on what they're searching for, rather than just think like doing what you think should be done um, right. or what, what you think is, is the correct content. So I think that that's, that was something that I kind of knew, but I didn't realize the extent to where, to, to how good Google has gotten at, at figuring that out and knowing what people, you know, knowing what people want when they search something and then, you know, moving the, the articles that, that kind of deliver on that to the top of the, the rankings. So that part has been pretty fascinating. I think an example of that with that specific make money example would be, you know, like for us, you know, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't for make money online, put an article saying how to make money online doing Facebook side hustle, like our, our course. Yeah. Instead it would be, you want to make money online. Here are different ways to make money online. Yeah. And it might be a listicle and we might have our course as one of the items in the listicle but we're not really trying to direct them to the course. We're trying to provide them the different types of options, the different ways they can make money online because that's the intent there. And there's, there's tons of stuff that goes into this. I think one of the more interesting things for me has been uh, how he's told us we need to incorporate this concept that we use a lot in Facebook ads of knowing what level of the funnel they are, like where they, so for example, if you've got, the awareness stage, the engagement stage, the conversion stage, all of those different types of things and doing things appropriately or other ways that people talk about it, the top of the funnel, the big opening to the bottom of the funnel, middle of the funnel. And so if it's a top of funnel piece of content, like very basic where people are just trying to get information, you're not, you're not putting, you're not going to be directing to a sales page or to, you know, if we were doing an article on Facebook ads, it was very basic, like how to, you know, run a Facebook ad, how to open, you know, find ads manager, you know, like the very basics. We're not going to go directly to, Hey, we've got this Facebook ads for bloggers course it teaches you how to do all the advanced stuff. It's more going to be like, learn the three essential Facebook ads, right. Or learn how to set up your first traffic campaign. Like it's going to be a, a PDF guide, like a very basic thing. Whereas if somebody was doing something more advanced, like an article on how to use Facebook ad retargeting to sell courses, online courses, that's going to be, that's way more advanced. It's more, they're looking for a specific solution. We could probably take them if they're searching that we could take them to a solution like Facebook ads for bloggers. We've got an entire module. It's probably an hour's worth of content on retargeting to sell the courses. And so, yeah. you know, they're totally different stages in the funnel, different levels of intent. And we want to move people instead. And so if we're doing that top of funnel level where somebody's searching the basics of Facebook ads, we get them into a lead magnet and they're coming to other article pieces that are a little bit more down. We can change that, what we take them through and, and 
pull them through that journey of not knowing anything about this, looking for information, looking for more specific help to becoming a buyer. So I thought that was really interesting because I've never thought about that. Or if I've thought about it, like I think we've thought about it to an extent with our content, but never of like Google is looking at this. Like right. what is the call to action you're giving them? Where are you taking them with the article? Are you taking them to more information? Are you taking them to your list? Are you taking them to a sales page? Like all of that is being incorporated. And that, I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me these days, but it's amazing <laughs> they've gone to that level. Yeah. Yeah. The whole funnel, the whole like, where does, where does this search query land in the funnel? You know, like if they're searching, make money online, they're at the very top of the funnel. And if they're searching for like Facebook ads for bloggers price, yeah, they're like they're at the bottom of the funnel. Mm-hmm. That that concept is so simple, but it's something I hadn't really thought about before. You know, I just right. I was, you know, that that was and it's it's like it just it makes it so much easier, I think, to create content and, and go after some of these these keywords because then it's like it just makes more sense. So yeah, well, and it, it helps you it helps you optimize the content too. You know, we always talk about like find your high performing content before you optimize it, right? Like if you okay, this one's generating a ton of traffic we want to optimize it for lead gen or something or or whatever, you know, and then you go make those changes later. But if you know where the intent is, what level of the funnel that people are coming in, then when you're creating the content, you can think about, okay, cool. Do we want to send them to more resources? Like, do we want to embed YouTube videos? Do we want to get them onto our list? Do we want to send them to a sales page? We can kind or, or an affiliate product. We can kind of figure that out right from the beginning which is going to help us in the long term. So it's helping us plan our content, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's the, the user experience piece, which is a, a totally different thing. You know, obviously get You got to get the people to the site first, but once they get there, how easy is it for them to do the thing that you want them to do and do the thing that they want to do more importantly? One of the biggest things that, that was pointed out to me <laughs> with our site design, if somebody goes to a, a page, one of our lead magnets, because we're still working on lead magnets for the site and everything, but one of them is like the Facebook ads for bloggers guide. We have like a free guide and people were searching and they get to the site and they might not want to be presented that offer at all, but it's like the first massively huge thing that they see. And it has nothing to do with what they were probably searching for and they're immediately going to bounce. Um, and so that, you know, it's like, if you don't have, if you don't have your site experience set up and there's a lot more that goes into it than that, obviously, but just from the outset, like if they get to the page and it doesn't, and it presents something other than what they were there to do, then you're immediately going to lose people. Your bounce rate's going to go up, which right. also negatively affects your SEO. Um, so I think just even from the start, it's, it's just making sure when, when people get to the page, does it really serve their needs? Is it easy for them to use? Um, and then it goes into other things like, are your categories easy to navigate? Uh, do you have breadcrumbs that are easy for people to tell where they are in the site? Does the site load quickly or do they have to wait for a long time for the site to load? So, I mean, there's just all of this user experience stuff that really is more, I mean, it's really web design. It, It kind of highlighted to me how important web design is right these days. Whereas I think like, probably four or five years ago, you could get away with kind of a crappy web design and just stuff keywords into in the blog post and get people there. But now it's like, you really have to make sure that you're thinking through the process of what, how the site is going to be used. And it's something I'm going through right now with the Money Money Man yeah. site, because we're redoing that. And it, I've had to sit down for hours and like probably a good, probably a good five to seven hours creating a document 
kind of going through a bunch of different websites and, and looking at what I, how I felt that they were easy to use, what I thought was difficult, you know, what kind of menu worked well and what kind of menu didn't work well. Uh, even down to like how, how well does the comment section work and things like that. Like really had to kind of do a lot of competitor research and figure out what was going on with other sites so that I can make the site the best experience possible for millennial money man readers. Yeah. And I, and, and it looks really cool by the way, like it's going to be neat. Like just seeing yeah. all of it coming together. It's been, it's been fun. And I, th I think one of the things you talked about was like the lead magnet, like how, like that guide we, we've done a lot so much backwards with laptop empires, you know, where we had, we had the courses and had success with that and had funnels. And now we're going back and creating different lead magnets to kind of fit all the different places and the different content. But I think millennial money man's kind of a better example right now. You know, you had, you had some sort of money guide. I don't remember exactly what it was. And you had your blogging guide. And so like the, a good example of what you had said was like, if you'd put your blogging guide on the front page, like, a huge percentage of your audience would not care. And, yeah. and even now with your new guides, you have your core lead magnet, which is like a concept we talk about. I can't remember which episode, but like it's, it's the one about like creating an incredible lead magnet. We talk about this, but you've got your core lead magnet and you've got these smaller lead magnets. And so you've got one on budgeting, you've got one on side hustles and da 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 da. And there are going to be people in your audience that don't care about budgeting or don't care about investing or don't care about side hustles. That's why you have your core lead magnet, which lays out your philosophy for personal finance, you know, your money mastery guide. And that's going to be one that like that can be front and center on your homepage. And that's going to be relevant to everybody because if they come in and they like a piece of your content about personal finance or any topic that you talk about and they want to know more about your philosophies, it's the general thing. It's a little longer. It's a little bit more in depth. It lays out a system. And that's what you kind of want your core lead magnet to be. And like you look at laptop empires, we have not, we we're in the process of creating that still. So, you know, and, but you've just finished that for, you know, for millennial money, man. But the other thing with the user experience and what I love about what you're doing with your site, and we're actually in the process of working on with LE is that you have it so that the content changes the, the lead magnet offerings change based on what they are reading, what they're searching and like what the particular article is. So depending on the category, there's different topics. So if they're reading something that is side hustle related, the call to action for that category is going to be the side hustle guide. If they're reading about budgeting, snowball, avalanche, budgeting apps, whatever your budgeting guide is going to pop up at the bottom, you know, like in certain things, it's more general, your money mastery guide is going to pop up. And so you're, you're using the categories to put the perfect thing. And that's going to help with that, that user experience because your call to action, the offers that are put in front of their faces are going to be more relevant, which is going to lead to you getting more email subscribers, but also a better experience. And then I think a lot of the other stuff with the user experience is just making, making things easy to navigate. You know, I yeah. think that's a big one. And that's one that we really got to work on with the LE because it was just like, we kind of just put everything up. <laughs> we just right. we site. But, you know, the, the breadcrumbs thing, you know, I, I thought it was great. Like just being able to say, okay, because like that's like in forums. Okay, you're, you click this one, you, this category and this article and you're here now, you know, and then being yeah. able to easily click back. You've got that scrolling menu of, the, or it's like a, the topics of the article. So you can like click yeah. the headlines and skip to the relevant parts. You know, a lot of people are headline readers for blogs. So I thought that was, you know, really great. You've got the lead magnets on the sidebar, like all the different things that you're doing 
so are just great. So I think really thinking about that intense stuff, but like for this article, what do people want to get out of it? What do I want to send that? Where do I want to send them? But not thinking about like what's best for you, but like what is going to help them, you know, whether that's another article, a lead magnet, wherever, and and then making it easy to navigate. Those things have a big impact because it keeps people on the page. It keeps people on the site, which is a signal to Google that this is a good place to be and they should move you up the rankings and send you more traffic. Yeah. It's been really interesting. I mean, I mentioned the planning out part of it, but I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you have to be so much more strategic with your categories, with, with the way that you categorize your content. And when I did the first millennial money man, well, not the first site, but like the, the first like legit one, I just did like a bunch of random categories, like just literally random stuff where it was one of them says like anti-entitlement advice, like not, not really even something that's particularly relevant. (laughs) You know, it's just something I liked. Um, and, and this time I've had to go back through and, and really sit there with my developer and go, okay, like when they are looking at this category, this is the kind of content they need. This is kind of content we need to take out of that category and put somewhere else. And I've had to do that for, for the main category to make more money, save more money, um, and pay off debt categories and just planning all that work, how that works. Um, you know, other things that we've like yesterday, we spent a lot of time going over navigation, um, like the quick navigation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people put a plug in where it's just like a very simple table of contents plugin, but we're doing something where on desktop, they're going to see the quick navigation over in the, on the left sidebar, but it's going to drop into the content before the first H2 tag when they're on mobile and figuring out like, okay, we're going to do that with JavaScript. Are we just going to do that? Like with thrive architect, like there's all this other stuff that goes into that. Um, but you have to think about that kind of stuff once you start doing this higher level, um, I don't know, site development and site design stuff. So it's been really cool. So this is a good transition because you're talking about starting getting into some of that nitty gritty tech stuff. And so that's the third things we've learned. There's so much technical stuff has to do with code. And I don't, I don't even know. Like there's, this is the, (laughs) remember we talked about like there's stuff where we're just like, what is he talking about? There are things that you have to do stuff with like maps. I don't know where the map is on the blog, but I want to <laughs> know site maps. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's this stuff, you know, there's all this stuff that you got to figure out. And so, but what I want to say first though, before we get into this is I think at this point in the podcast, if you are a new blogger, you're somebody from my world, this is like all new. You're looking at this and you're like, I am screwed. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to rank on anything. I'm not going to be able to figure that out. That's not true. What you need to, we're talking about this stuff because we've learned interesting things and hopefully you can be conscious of the the customer journey and the, you know, the usability. I think those are easy things to do is just like, how do I make this more friendly for somebody reading on the site? And we're going to talk about this technical stuff. It's super important. But when you're just getting started out, I think what you need to focus on is consistency, right? Consistently putting out your content and like good keyword research, figuring out like what are your competitors doing? What are keywords that are, that can get stuff to come, come after. And then looking, just like look at the top 10 articles, see what's included and make a list. This is what they all include in their articles, outline it yourself and try and make something that's comprehensive. And I think if you can do those things first, that's going to get the ball rolling. And then once you've gotten the hang of 
doing the keyword research and pro consistently producing the content, you're going to start seeing results. And then the ones that are doing well, you can go back and optimize. And when you get to a point, then you can go and learn about some of this technical stuff or bring somebody on like we have and have them, you know, help you. Or while you're doing all of that, you can start researching and learning about those things. But don't try to figure it all out from day one. Like, don't get overwhelmed because then you're not going to get anything done. Like, this is like the practical sidebar advice. Go start doing, do the keyword research, create good content, create it consistently. If you do those three things, you're going to start seeing results. Then all of the more advanced stuff can come into play. So, yeah. Why? Well, before we, before we like brought on a consultant, I basically doubled my, my search traffic by casually reading the AREFs blog <laughs> or yep. AREFs as some people say, but I think it's AREFs casually reading that blog and trying to create better content, like just more in depth, authoritative, authoritative content. Like if you just do that, you'll, you'll have results, but we're, we're getting into the stuff where it's like, when you start to try to like play with the big boys, you know, like mm -hmm. the girls, you know, you gotta, you gotta do some of the stuff that really is a little more technical. So yeah, let's jump into we it. We want to take over the world. So you yeah. have to reach everybody trying to. All right. So technical stuff, mm. take it away. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm just going to make a fool of myself here. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. All right. So a couple things, I think that one of the interesting things you always hear about bloated code and you always hear about like code being clean and stuff like that. And I didn't realize that it literally just maybe not just means, but like for HTML, for example, it just means like being more organized with like having it as concise as possible. And I'm, you know, like that's something that I would struggle to do, but like if you go to your WordPress editor and you, you click over to the text and like you see there's a bunch of like random crap in the HTML and it could be like condensed down and, and like there's a bunch of spaces and stuff like that. That's bad. <laughs> you know, it, it, those, those things aren't, aren't good. But I think that's like just one piece of the coding part of it. But I think overall, the, the thing that I've gotten is that the site has to be fast. The site speed, I can't remember what the stat was, but it's like every second that your site doesn't load, you lose like some massive percentage of people that are coming to the site and that's for paid traffic and for organic. And so a lot of the things that, that I've been looking at are using caching plugins like WP rocket. Um, that's kind of like the gold standard for, for caching stuff right now and site speed. And I did that for millennial money, man, before we we're even doing any of this web, um, web development stuff. And it like doubled my site speed um, just by installing that plugin. And then there's other things like having too many plugins that aren't useful or, or that are slow because WordPress itself is kind of a slow platform anyway. Uh, Cause it's just like a big behemoth of like crap. There's a lot of stuff there. And then when you start downloading a ton of plugins and adding it on top of that, it slows your site down more and more and more and more. And so that speed, you know, like if you have a great article, but it lo it takes eight seconds to load, you're going to lose everybody that clicks on it and you're not going to rank well for it. So that's one of the things I think you, you need to, if you really want to try to figure out your, you know, the the fastest way I think to, to make your site faster is to look at those two things of, of what caching plugin are you using and then getting rid of plugins. And then the other thing is like images, making sure that I you're using. Say, yeah, images. yeah. If you're using like giant image size, <laughs> uh, image sizes and files, that's really, really slow. And that's something like we did this yesterday on the new millennial money man site. There was a, you know, I've got like this geographic pattern thing that loads and instead of actually loading that image now, it's going to be like JavaScript. And so it's going to load in like a fraction of the time. Now, I don't know how to actually do that. My developer did it, but like, right. it's going to, it's going to do it in a fraction of the time instead of loading the entire thing. And then there's like lazy loading where you, the page drafts up 
and it's like all the images look crappy for like a second and then it loads after, but it, it gets the site up and moving faster, uh, the page up and moving faster. And then also your, your hosting, the hosting actually matters. If you have a host that has slow server speeds, it's, it's going to really affect you. So you can do all this on-page stuff on your site and try to make it super fast. Uh, but if your hosting is bad, then it's going to be, you know, if your hosting is really slow, then it's going to be one of those things where it's your efforts aren't going to really matter. So if you have, if you, you feel that your hosting is slow, you know, you're doing a bunch of tests, nothing's really working. I would contact your hosting provider and see if there's a problem on that server, if they can move you to a different server, if you're using shared hosting. So there's just, there's that site speed. It's like, you can get into tons of stuff with that. And a perfect example of how nitty gritty you can get is that, you know, I talked to my web developer and he, he basically was like, I could spend, you know, he charges by the hour. He's like, I could spend $5,000 just trying to get your site one second faster with all the different testing and, and all the things exactly. that could go into that. And I was just, you know, so you do kind of have That's to pick crazy. your battles a little bit, but yeah, there, I mean, there's, you know, that kind of stuff I think is probably one of the biggest things that I've learned about the technical aspect, but you know, other things like HTML five is, is probably the way to go over regular HTML, which I don't, I don't particularly know the difference between those two things. And then uh, I don't know what else, what, what are some other things that, I, the site speed was the really big one, and I knew that yeah. there was a lot of stuff in the coding and the site mapping and and just that kind of thing. And I my eyes kind of glaze over, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> do your thing, bro. Whenever I I see that stuff, but so I think the important thing there, I think I think the site speed one is a technical thing that everybody can do, and you can just spend time as you're creating your content going on YouTube and Google and like how to increase your site speed and you can implement certain things or you can get when you're your web developer to make do some things to make the speed faster, the hosting, things like that. And I think those are things that like even me, like I could go get that done. Yeah. But when it comes to the site mapping and all those things, I think something useful that we've done even before we hired this person is you can hire an SEO person to do an audit. And, and I think one of the big ones, you know, we came back from FinCon and we hired that guy to come in and look at like all of that technical stuff and to make recommendations and then pass that along to the developer to go do those things. And so I think that was a good investment. For Laptop Empires, it was so new, you know, it wasn't as big, but with when you did that for Millennial Money Man, like and implemented that stuff, that you saw results from that pretty quickly. And yeah. so, you know, this is one of those things like, you know, we're, we're big believers of like going and getting help from people. You know, the fastest way to do something is to get somebody who's been there and have them show you the way. And I think that can be helpful here. Once again, the, this episode, you know, the three things we've learned, I think what I would want you to take away from this third one is that there's a lot of back end technical stuff that goes into coding and we don't, I want you to be aware of it right? Like that this is there. And so yeah. once you start getting traction from your keyword research and your content and just producing better content and you want to go to the next level, this is the low hanging fruit that 90% of people aren't doing. And when yeah. you do it, it's going to help you get results. So more, this is more of an awareness than a how to. So, yeah. cause I don't know that I can really <laughs> more. Yeah. How no, no, it will. I, th I want to add on to your audit thing because I've had a lot of different audits done over the years and an SEO audit can be 
massively helpful or it can be completely useless. And so I think one of the things that you need to, you need to decide if you are going to get an SEO audit, what it really should be one is by somebody that's experienced. I would have a hard time going to like an agency. I would rather go to a person that has been running a successful blog and they're done. Yeah. That's been there, done that using organic search and like they've just crushed it and you paid them to do an audit because they're going to give you, I think real world advice and then you want recommendations. So it's an audit plus recommendations. If the recommendations part isn't there, I wouldn't pay for it <laughs> because you know, it's there, you can get, they can, people can just run your site through like AREFs and spit out a, a an audit that tells you, here are all the broken things Here's on your all site. The things that are wrong. And it's just like a list of all the things that you're, that are wrong. You're like, what the, like, I don't even know what to do with this. And so what you want are recommendations, like in specific ones on this page, you need to put this on this page. You need to do this. Um, this is wrong with your site. Here are the things you need to do to fix it. So just when you're, if you're going to do an SEO audit, cause a lot of people eventually do go that route, just make sure it's one that's useful and has recommendations and is by somebody that's done it, not by somebody that's in an agency farming it out to another country um, or somebody that just mass produces audits. Yeah. That, that I think that's pretty important. Um, the other thing, you know, just outside of like the, the code and the site speed and all that stuff, I think, uh, you know, making sure that you are category or not categorizing, making sure that you are organizing your content with H tags correctly I actually, we did the first Money & Money Man site redesign a couple of years ago and we put three H1 tags on each blog post and page because it looked cool. And that was one of those things where my developer is supremely talented as a designer and a coder, but he's not, he wasn't really an SEO guy at the time. Um, and so he just like, he did that and I didn't know any better either. And I was like, yeah, sure, that looks awesome. Let's do that. But the problem is that Google looks at a page on, on the current version of Millennial Money Man and probably goes, okay, what, do I, what am I using here? Like which H tag is the right H tag? You've got three. And you're not going to get penalized for that necessarily, but it doesn't help, you know? And so, you know, I really didn't, didn't consider those kind of things. So now it's like, you know, we've got a clear H1 tag and like we're using the H2 tags like you're supposed to to categorize the content so we can put it in the, the table of contents and all of that. So that I think is something you know, really make sure that you're using your H tags effectively uh, and correctly, which really uh, what it comes down to is like, you need one H one tag and you need like your H two tags to kind of outline the content and then H threes and fours you can use those if you want to like go a little bit further. But I, I feel like the H one and H two are obviously the most important. So that was something, you know, that was a big deal. Broken links, you know, had, you, you got to make sure you know, everybody hears this advice of broken links, but it really does matter. The thing I've realized about SEO is that, it's all like there are a million little things and how well you do. Like, you know, if you want to, if you rank for number, or if you're ranked number three and you want to rank number one on a high volume keyword, like you can get to like number three with great content. But if you want to get to number one, you've got to look at all of these little moving parts together and try to fix all of them and make them all good. And that's the stuff that your competitors are doing that are ranking at number one. They're doing all of those things well outside of like some flukes. So it's really a process and it's long, very long-term also. It is, it is long-term. And I think the key here is Pareto principle, 80, 20 rule, right? Yeah. Do the 20% of things or do 80% of the results. And that means good content and research and doing your research. Yeah. And then when you see the things that are getting to number three, then go in and do the little things on that particular article to take it to the next level, right? Yeah. But don't focus on don't focus on doing every single little thing for every single piece of content, right? Yeah. Because now you're spending 80% of time to get 20% of the results. 
right? So focus on that content. So I think that's, you know, that's it for our lessons and, you know, this kind of transition about focus on the content, you know, I think I'd be remiss to not mention SEO for bloggers, right? This is a great course that we've been using. My team is going through and studying it right now. Your team's been going through and studying it and implementing it and already seeing results. We like this course because it's, it's done by somebody who has done really well getting a lot of organic traffic through SEO, not teaching SEO, right? Like, you know, there's the people that's like, you know, oh, I'm, my website's about SEO and I'm, you know, they're getting a lot of search traffic because people want to learn about it. But no, it's, it was like, it's a pool company. Like he's got, he's got all this traffic for a pool company. And right. so it's like, if he can do this more obscure thing, like you can do it too. And it's very, it's very much based on the quality of the content, how to do your research and all of that kind of stuff. Not as much about the backlinks and some of these other things. So I feel like it's a great starting place. It is super affordable and underpriced as a course but check it out. We've got the link in the comments. We've put a review of the SEO for bloggers course. We've both bought it and used it for our team. Big fans of it. So check it out. It's a great place to start. Hope you guys found this episode helpful. Just learning about all those other things that are out there. I think it gives you an idea of some things to think about maybe when you're not, you know, you're not maybe a total beginner, but you're an intermediate blogger and you want to start taking things to the next level. This is going to be a key episode, I think. So I hope you enjoyed it because I know there's a lot of you that have been blogging for a year or so now that are following this, this channel that are really going to get a lot out of this episode. So once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber yet, get on that, you know, go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, do it. We're waiting. We'll wait. <laughs> go do it. I'm kidding. Thank you so much. We will see you next episode. If there's anything you'd like to hear on the podcast, let us know. Bye. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.